Welcome back to Winning Within, your go-to self-development podcast. Today we are joined again with by Dave Wright, a hypnotherapist from Amsterdam. Welcome back, Dave. Thanks for having me back. Today we're going to be talking about sleight of mouth and more generally belief systems and how to create cracks within limiting beliefs and then later in the episode how to instill, how to um, yeah, program your brain with new empowering beliefs that you've consciously decided. So before we started recording, we were talking about sleight of mouth. Let's get into it. What is sleight of mouth? Well, sleight of mouth is like a, a very powerful NLP tool with, um, it's like a, a sort of, uh, you, I suppose you could say it's like a set of questions that you can use to challenge limiting beliefs. And why you want to challenge them as well is because a lot of the time when you have a limiting belief, you don't challenge it and you think it's the truth. And because of that, the limiting belief has a little sneaky trick that it has because it knows if you don't challenge it, then you'll never find out that it's not real. It's only real from one perspective as well. So even if it's real, it's only real from one limited perspective. And at the same time, there are a lot of other, like thousands of other limited perspectives that are just as real as that is. And then they might be more empowering to you. Mm -hmm. So sleight of mouth, uh, helps you see a different perspective where that might not necessarily be true. Definitely, yeah. It helps you shift your perspective to other, let's say, um, um, views on reality. Mm -hmm. And then once you've taken a different perspective, does that necessarily mean that the, the belief is gone? Well, then it becomes more of a choice. So then you've got two perspectives now where you thought there was only one. And then obviously you're just going to choose for the best one. That's why often people all carry on doing behaviors where they say, I don't want to do this behavior, but they keep doing it all the time. That sort of suggests that there's a limiting belief there deep down inside that's making them think that it's even, that it's still better to do it the way they're doing it instead of like consciously they're thinking yeah i don't want to do this and it's not helping me but at the same time there's a, a deeper belief inside that's telling them this is more beneficial to do it this way and okay let, let's take a practical example to get a better understanding of this if someone is smoking weed every day for example and they know it's not helping them in their lives but they keep going back to it what might a limiting belief be that would encourage that behavior well, it could be quite a few things. It might be that like they're actually scared of what's going to happen if they stop smoking weed. So they might have like some kind of limiting belief in there that says, if you stop smoking weed, then this is going to happen. It could be anything like, you know, so let's say you, you just smoke weed to be social and like you go, you like that social thing. And basically you're using it as a sort of social crutch so that you can communicate with people because deep down inside, there's a belief that you can't do that without that weed. If you let go of that weed, you won't be able to communicate with people. You won't be able to connect with people. So they might not be aware of that. They're just aware of like, oh yeah, I like to smoke it because like it's fun and we pass the joint round and all that, which it is fun if you've ever done it, you know, it's, it's, 
it's a, you get like a sort of family feel, you know what I mean? We're all smoking weed together and it's nice and it's great. But deep down inside, there might be a belief in there saying like, if we stop doing this, then we, we won't be able to connect with people and we'll end up being lonely and we don't want that. So let's carry on smoking it. Okay. So sleight of mouth is a series of questions that you ask yourself to direct the focus of your attention to essentially explore different perspectives, right? Yeah, you could say it like that, yeah. Should we go through a few? Let's do it. Because it's fun to do as well. And I'd always, I would suggest that if you're ever going to do these kind of things, any kind of these hypnotic techniques or hypnotic investigations, always do it with playfulness because it's fun to do you know you're like the hypnotic investigator and you want to find out what's like what's powering all this stuff what's motivating you to do all these things that you don't really want to do and stuff like that so always be very playful and very curious on that like because that's the best way to approach it because it's fun then it's just like a game basically I'm just discovering. It's like being a child again, isn't it? You're just discovering and being curious and, oh, what's going on here? What happens when I do this and stuff like that? And then you come, you you make big discoveries and you're like, whoa, that's like pure insightful. Pure fun. Nice. And before we started recording, you also said it would be good to write out all of your limiting beliefs. Definitely. That would be a good suggestion to start because... Even the fact of like writing them out on a piece of paper, often when you look back at them and you read them from the paper, you're just like, is this bullshit in my head all the time? Is this what I'm believing? This is complete nonsense, some of it. Even that just exposes it. Mm. So it, it seems like these beliefs have yeah tricks, like you said. Yeah, they do. The limiting ones need tricks because they want to limit you, whereas the positive ones, the the they're not limiting you. They're expanding you. They don't need any tricks at all. Mm. Okay. So let's say we've written down all our limiting beliefs on a piece of paper and now we have them all there. And then we probably would want to start with the, like you said, the most important ones or the ones that affect you the most. Definitely. Yeah. The ones that are bothering you the most or limiting you the most or the ones you would find the most important to want to change, I would start there. Because a lot of the time, all the other ones, they're sort of connected to those ones. So when you let go of the main ones, all the other ones fall away as well at the same time. Oh. Yeah, okay. So, and, and you also mentioned that it might be good to also, um, before using the sleight of mouth patterns, to rate on a scale of one to 10, how much do I believe these, these beliefs? Definitely. Yeah. Because then you can like notice how well it's working because you'll notice that some of these slight of mouth patterns, they work amazingly well with a lot of beliefs, but with other beliefs, they don't really work at all. Think of it like a belief seems to be like a concrete structure of being the truth, but they're not. And when you start to challenge them, what you're doing is you're creating little cracks in them and you're creating like little holes in them. And some of them, you'll challenge them with one question and they'll just fall apart completely straight away because they, they, they know that like, if you don't challenge them, then it's like concrete. But once you start to challenge them, you just realize like this is not concrete at all. It's just, it's, it's basically sort of made of like paper mache or something and you throw a bit of water on it and it just sort of melts away. Mm -hmm. 
And uh, how do you actually, because some of your beliefs you might know, you might be like, yeah, I know I believe this and I know I believe that. But how is, is there like a method to actually like accurately uh, determine what your limiting beliefs are? Well, I suppose it would depend on the situation. So you could think of the situation where you want to do something and then ask yourself, well, what's stopping me? That's always a great question to ask yourself. So imagine you want to do something and you say like, well, let's go back to that that one you gave. That was a good uh, example. You're smoking weed. You want to stop smoking weed. You know it's not really good for you anymore because you're not really doing it to get high. You're probably just doing it for whatever social reasons or whatever. You could be very sociable without weed and still enjoy smoking weed to do other things. So if you start to notice things like, well, I don't know, I should, I want to stop smoking it, but I can't. That would be a question to ask yourself, well, what's stopping me? Stop. And that would sort of start to uncover the belief. Mm. So you might think like, well, what's stopping me? Stop. Well, yeah, if I stopped, then I wouldn't feel like I was connected to those people. Oh, now you've just discovered something. And then you could ask, because beliefs are like equations, so they come in like A plus B equals C, or A means B, or A causes C. It's like that kind of equation. So if you've only got half the belief, when fa like often only half the belief will sort of stick out and you'll be conscious of it. So if you were to say like, I can't stop smoking weed, that's only half the belief. So what you can ask then is, because, and then you'll be like, well, because I, I wouldn't be very sociable if I did. Now you've just discovered the other half. Now you've got the full belief. So I'd notice that if you write them out, notice if you've got the full belief there or if it's only half a belief. So you want to watch out for words like because, which means all that kind of word because it makes the, the it makes one part of the belief connect to the other one. So basically, I can't stop smoking weed because I wouldn't be sociable with my friends. Which is a bit, sometimes as well, when you when you get the second part, you just, you think to yourself, that's ridiculous, you know what I mean? Of course I could connect with my friends if I didn't smoke weed. And, and often this is just under the hood, like we don't explore it. So there's these nonsensical rationalizations for our behavior that we, ha we haven't explored and since we haven't explored it we're just running our lives through that so yeah using the sleight of mouth and engaging in this audit of our limiting beliefs can actually make us realize like this is ridiculous yeah that's it like because we just sort of believe it willy-nilly because often what the intellect says or what the hypnotic programming says for some people, that's their God. And when the hypnotic programming says, Ooh, you can't do that. They're like, Oh master. Okay. You have spoken. I can't challenge you. So you get this a lot with people who are scared of stuff. Like they might be scared of what they're going to find in that belief. So they won't challenge it. And the belief sort of knows that kind of thing. That's one of those little tricks and think like, you're not going to like, it might create a lot of fear. Maybe like you're not going to go looking to see what the answer is behind the scenes. And as long as you don't go looking, I can just do whatever I want. I can control you in any way, shape or form. And you'll just do what I say. Mm. 
Yeah. It's like, uh, what is it that saying? What you fear, you attract, but what you look at kind of disappears. Yeah, that's, that would be like a, a, um, a reasonable way to look at that. Obviously, it won't be like that for everything, but often, because the thing with fear is the more you run away from it, we've talked about this before, it's an advisor. So it's trying to tell you something. So if you run away from it, it just gets bigger and bigger and bigger because it's like, I think we're in danger. And according to that belief, we're in danger here. And I need to know from you that we're safe, but you just run away from it all the time. So it just gets bigger and bigger and bigger. But then if you turn around and you face it and you communicate with it, not like it's an enemy, not like you're trying to get rid of it, not like you're trying to change it or anything you just communicate with it what's making you say that what's making you think that we're in danger then it will tell you and then maybe you'll just be like oh that's that's ridiculous that's just an old idea it doesn't doesn't make sense anymore but it might be something what you are in danger and then you can do something about it which again will make it disappear because it's just there to help that's all it's just there, there to help you um stay safe that's all it wants to do that's its job okay let's get into these uh, sleight of mouth questions let's go through a few of them yeah so um should we take like a, a belief yeah let's do one because that's always more insightful okay um let's think uh it takes a long time to develop a skill okay because because most people do okay so then you could just ask well when you say most people who are those people exactly um who are those people exactly uh, just just like what i've heard from people so, um, which people exactly have you heard that from? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> See how quickly it broke away? Because you use the generalization. You use most people. So what? how you can sort of approach that is just to ask specifically who you're talking about exactly. And then you're homing in. You want to know exactly who's saying this. Who's, be, who's told us that it's like difficult to do it. And as you home in, you start to realize like, I don't really know. <laughs> It's just like a generalization. Mm. Okay. Uh, it should, you want to do different beliefs? Whatever. Just like fire them out and let's see what happens. So what? And let's just um, say what I did there is I went specifically. So I, uh, I, I homed in on what you were saying kind of yeah. thing. So what you used the generalization and I recognized that by saying most people. And I homed in on that and I like went the opposite way because you sort of generalized it out as if it was like everyone or oh, the whole world sort of almost thinks it, you know what I mean? So I went like fine, um, what would you call it? Like um, zoomed in completely. Went I went specific. I want details. I want to know exactly who you're talking about. Yeah. And then often you won't be able to tell me because it's just a generalization. Okay. Mm, another belief. Um I wouldn't be able to read, I wouldn't be able, like I've heard of like speed reading and like people can read like super fast and, and understand. Mm -hmm. And uh, I don't believe that I would be able to read super fast like that and also 
retain like and comprehend. Okay, because <laughs> because I think that if I were to read so fast, then my comprehension would diminish because I wouldn't be able to focus on the words as well. Okay. And then how would you know then if that wasn't true? How would I know that it wasn't true? Mm -hmm. By reading super fast and understanding. Yeah. And have you ever done that? Have I ever read really fast? Yeah. 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 And how did it work for you? What happened? Uh, I, I don't know. I was kind of like in the zone, I guess. Uh, yeah, but... So do you know for sure that it didn't work in that sense? No. So it might have worked. Yeah. But, yeah. I feel like I told myself that it was a fluke. Ah, that's interesting. And I wouldn't be able to, like, recreate it deliberately. So did you do it again afterwards? No. <laughs> Maybe it's time to do it again. <laughs> okay. How much do you believe that belief now? We didn't we didn't ask in the beginning, but yeah, like just how how much do you, do you believe that now? Be honest as well, like uh, like two. Yeah, two out of ten. So yeah. ten's like it's a fact, and there's no nothing that's gonna shift that, and zeros like it's gone. So, yeah. yeah. And the first one that we had, how much do you believe that one now? Uh, it's a long time to to develop a skill. Uh, like a four. Okay. Fair enough. So then, um, do you want to stay with the, the one that's a four, or do you want to do a different one? Uh, sure, sure. Yeah. Should we make it more specific? Yeah, let's make it more specific. Right. Okay. So and are these the ones for you? Like, because it's better if you actually use ones that like you really believe. Uh, yeah. So, um, so I, but yeah, I believe that it would take me a while to get good at sales. Okay. Because. <laughs> that question's so. <laughs> I don't know how to describe it. It's always like, oh fuck. <laughs> That's it because for the conscious sort of part of you, it's too easy. You know what I mean? It's just like, oh, I can't, I can't, I won't be good at sales. It'll take me ages on that. But when you ask, like, well, because where's that coming from? It's like shit. I've never really thought of that before. And then it sort of like sort of makes it go <laughs> and crash, kind of thing. Okay. And it's just like simple question, isn't it? And it kind of it kind of points to the uh, lack of solid logic that is supporting the belief. Because if there was solid logic supporting the belief, then I could be like, I believe this, and you'd be like, because, and I'd be like, well, because of this. Exactly. And some of them will be like that. Some of them will be like that. So before you asked it, what would you say? What was uh, what would be the score you give it? How high would you have believed that that it's going to take you? Uh, too good yeah too long to be good at sales or whatever you said yeah like maybe a six or something yeah so now that you've got the because how much do you believe it <laughs> just hearing because yeah yeah less maybe a four a four okay so um so tell me then the whole belief then with the because okay um I believe it will take me a long, uh, a while to to, de uh, to develop the skill of sales because uh, 
Yeah. Funny, yeah. Huh. Um, maybe because there's different parts of cells to understand. Okay. Fair enough. So, how would you know if it wasn't true then? Like, what kind of experience would I have to have? Yeah, what would be your evidence so you know for sure, hey, that belief that I had that it's going to take too long or whatever, yeah. that's just complete nonsense. Well, I have a, a sales job I'm about to start. Mm -hmm. Then I suppose I would just, off the bat, just be making a lot of sales regularly. Yeah. Just be, yeah, making loads of sales. And be like, oh, well, I'm doing really well already. So what would happen if you started to believe that? That... That you could just make sales oh <laughs> then i would then you probably would wouldn't you would. be a better mentality than approaching it with like oh it's going to be too difficult for me to learn and there's all things that i don't know and stuff like that because yeah. remember that belief it's a very limited perspective it's looking at that whatever it is in this case making sales and stuff like that so it knows if you start like shifting your perspective, you're going to get other ideas and that's going to allow you to think other thoughts, which is also going to change your mentality about the way you, because imagine the difference if you approach it like, oh, it's going to be difficult and I don't know what I'm doing and I haven't got the experience. And now you come with, well, I'm just going to do my best with what I've got and we'll see what happens. That's a lot more empowering belief. That's going to, because really, it's all about your mentality, isn't it? And the mentality is often controlled by the belief. So if you believe that you can do it, then your mentality is going to match up to that and you're going to approach it with the best mentality of like, yeah, how can I do this? You know what I mean? What's the best way? You're going to ask yourself those empowering questions. But if you come with the belief like, oh, you know, it's going to take me a long time and I don't know what I'm doing and stuff like that, what's going to happen then? You're just going to start asking yourself questions to do with that and it's going to affect your mentality. So imagine we could just take the beliefs away and I asked you what would be the best mentality to approach in that job with no belief whatsoever. It's just like you don't believe it or you do believe it, whatever. It's just neutral. There's no belief whatsoever. Or what would be the best mentality so you could do to um, get the most sales? Yeah, uh, it would be, I guess... Curiosity. Curiosity. How can I learn as much as possible about my role, about sales uh, and the psychology of sales? How can I learn as much as possible about what I'm selling? How can I learn as much as possible about the industry I'm in? How can I learn as much as possible about the company I'm working for? Exactly. Basically, how can I learn as much as possible? And then a second one would be um, sales is a numbers game. So... Uh, for every 10 per people that I would be expected to call, let me call 100. Exactly. How does that feel when you're saying that now? Yeah, great. <laughs> That's the difference, you know, because you're looking at it through a different lens now. You're looking from a different perspective. Yeah. You're looking at it with the mentality of like, I'm going to do this. It's going to happen. Instead of, oh, I don't know whether I can and I might do and oh, I haven't got the experience and 
which is a different mentality, obviously. I've got my red t-shirt on here yeah. specifically because I'm playing the devil's advocate. Good. I love it. Yeah, go go for it completely. Go hardcore devil's advocate. Great. Because that's the best way you get the, the best uh, insights out and stuff like that. Nice. So I, I can totally see how having this mindset would be conducive to having uh, to getting great results. At the same time, I could also see someone thinking like that for a while and being like, yeah, what's the best way? Let me be curious. Let me learn as much as possible. Let me call loads of people for a while and not to stay in that mentality because it, it, you can it, it's easy to like put on that mentality and think of it especially when you're guided uh, to do so uh, but who's to say that their mentality is gonna how do you get it to stick well i suppose i suppose it would be different in every situation but you could just ask yourself if it's not working for you you could just ask yourself, well, what is helping here? What I'm, what am I doing at the moment that's helping me, and what am I doing that's not helping me? And always be open to adjust all the time. So it's not like, okay, we uh, we challenge some limiting beliefs in the beginning, and we let go of some stuff, and we started off with the right mentality, and that's that's it now. I don't have to do anything now. I've I've done it now. There's nothing to be done. That's gonna limit you again because you're living in the here and now and life's a process in it for the for the puppet like what I like to call the puppet the person for the person it's a process so if you're not prepared to learn along the way and make adjustments all the time along the way then you're going to get stuck sooner or later and then you're going to go back into the mentality of like oh I can't do it because and then come up with some more limiting beliefs about why you can't do it instead of just asking yourself well what am i doing at the moment that's helping and what am i doing that's not helping and do more of what's helping and do less of what's not helping or adjust what's not helping to help more so it's not like you start off and you 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 just change those beliefs and then you have the right mentality and that's it always be adjusting your mentality because you don't know what you're coming up against. Therefore, you're always going to be in the here and now adjusting, always like fine tuning your mentality. Think of it like a garden, you know, you've grown a garden and that like you're not just going to leave it now just to grow. Every now and again, you're going to come along and you're going to clip a few things. You're going to pull a few weeds out and stuff like that, you know. <clears throat> and if you haven't done anything with that piece of land, let's say you've got a piece of land and uh, you want a nice garden, but like it's just old piece of land and it's got all rubbish in it and stuff like that. It's all weeds all growing. If you want to make it into fertile ground, at first it's going to take you a lot more work. You're going to have to put a lot more work into it. You're going to have to take a lot more action to get rid of all the shit out of it. You're going to take all the weeds out of it and, and then you're going to turn the soil over and then you're going to sow the seeds. So it's going to take a lot more work in the beginning. But if you just keep adjusting it all the time, after a while, it sort of just goes by itself. And then you just come along every now and again and just clip a few things here, change a few things there. And it's a beautiful garden. Mm. Right. Yeah, I like the, the metaphor. So maybe a lot of people are in that state where uh, there's just a lot of shit. Yeah. So there's quite a lot of work to be done initially. Yeah. 
and then think of it like you can think of it as like work but again you could just be playful with it and say well there's a lot of things to discover there's a lot of things to learn there's a lot of things to take action with and that and then it doesn't seem like it's like a big mountain of something it's just like make the experience the goal so the experience is in the beginning of taking all the rubbish out the the piece of land that's the experience you're you've automatically got success i'm succeeding because i took all the, the crap out well now i'm step i've gone a step further and then what's the next one oh i'll take all the weeds out today make the experience the goal the experience is taking the weeds out i was success all the time I'm already there because I'm just making the experience, the goal. And then you're getting like added bonus, of course, because you're making the ground fertile and now you can sow the seeds and stuff. And after a while, the seeds are going to grow, aren't they? And you don't have to do anything there. You've put that process into action and now you're just going to be like coming along, being a little caretaker every now and again, clipping a few things here and changing a few things there. Like the gardener, like be the gardener of your own hypnotic programming, you could say. Okay. And and one of the ways that you can start taking out the weeds initially is sleight of mouth. Definitely. Get get all those limiting beliefs. Get expose them all because find out why you believe in that. Expose it and then challenge it, challenge it, challenge it. And after a while. Because even if it is true which it will never be totally true. But even if it is true, it's only one truth out of a million truths. And the question is, is that truth helping me here and now? And if it's the answer is no, challenge. Mm -hmm. And say you, you had a belief that you initially believed like seven out of 10, and then you did some slight mouth and now it's like a four. You just drop it, you leave it. Well, I would just carry on with it. I'd just use a few, maybe another few tools of, from, your, from your package of sleight of mouth tools, which would be those kind of questions, investigation questions. I would like, again, it's playful. You're playing. Oh, it's down to a four now. Let's see if we can get it down to like a two or whatever. You know what I mean? Use some more tools and check it out and challenge it again. Um, are there different way, different questions you can use for each tool? I suppose there is in that sense, yeah, but if you, what you can do, because it's, what I suppose what you could do is for each tool, you could pick out a question that sort of works for you. And after a while with using the tool, after a while, you'll notice that you'll be able to ask it in a different way. Because especially with NLP, it's massive. It's massive. And like sleight of mouth, it's like, it's not that big because I think there's only like 14 or 15 of the, the standard ones. So what I would suggest is if you're going to use that, pick out three that really resonate with you. The ones that I would suggest because they, they sort of work a lot over the board and they work with pretty much all of them is to ask, how do I know that it's true now? Because pretty much always you can pretty much never prove that it's true now. And it'll create doubt and that's what you want to do with that one as well you can flip it so you're focused on what you don't want that belief is not what you, you don't want that so the way to flip it is what i used before i asked you how would you know if it wasn't true and what that does is it makes you imagine the opposite which is completely the opposite of the limiting belief. And it brings you out of that like trance because it causes a trance, it causes a tunnel vision. 
It brings you out there and it allows you to sort of pretend for a moment, and we know how powerful pretending can be, that the opposite's true. And suddenly you've got access to all those other ideas and all those other questions that could be very helpful to you. So does that mean that it might just be a good idea to do that anyway? Just to, like, say you've got a limiting belief, just to go through your day and just be picturing the exact opposite of it? And yeah, definitely. Definitely. I challenge it first just to, to prove to the intellect, like, it's, it's not really true, you know what I mean? It seems like it's true because the intellect loves evidence. That's what it loves. So if you prove to it that it's not true, it's like, oh, I'll have to let go of that one, innit? Because it doesn't make any sense anymore. What's the, what's the use of keeping that one? It doesn't make any sense. You've proved it and it likes proof. So if you can prove it to it that it's not true, it'll automatically just let it go completely. Mm. Even though previously it was holding on to logic that was not logical. Yeah. So as soon as you demonstrate to the intellect that that doesn't make sense, yeah. it has to let it go. It will let it go because it's like me offering you if I have my, in my left hand, if I have a hundred euro and in my right hand, I have one euro and I say to you, no strings attached, no like secrets or anything, no tricks going on. You can make a choice. What do you want? The hundred euro or the one euro? What one are you going to choose? hundred. Of course. Well, that's what it's like for the intellect. Once you show it that that belief is just complete nonsense, it's going to be like, I'll choose the hundred euro, please. Thank you very much. That's why you want to expose them. Okay, so first first you want to do, you want to write it down. You write down the belief, then you write down because. Yeah, if the, the second part's not there, you, you might have somewhere that's there. So you, you might have one, oh, I don't believe, uh, I can't do this because of that. And then, okay, then it's the whole thing's there. There might be also be another part of it, but that will be enough in the beginning just to, to play with. Mm -hmm. And then... I would use that one straight away. How do I know that this is true now? Mm -hmm. And then if you want to flip it, how would I know if it wasn't true? What would be my proof? Because it makes your imagination create the opposite reality. And then you go into that and ask questions from out that tunnel vision. And now you've got access to all things that you didn't have before. So that would be one. Another one, another highly recommended one, what I often use, I think it's called, because uh, they've all got names, I forget the names of them, but I think this one's called Consequence, if I remember rightly. So you ask someone, well, what will happen if you carry on believing that? So let's use it with the sales one. So you've got the sales one. What was it? Still at the four, something like that. Uh, what was it exactly? I won't be able to make enough sales because... That it would take me a while to like learn and get good at sales. Okay. So then you can ask like, well, what will happen if you continue to believe that? Then I wouldn't be very proactive probably about learning and getting good because I would expect it would take a while. Yeah. So if, if I believed like, oh, sales is something that you can learn very quickly and I, I feel that I'm going to get good real quick, then... It would only make sense that my actions would align with that belief and I'd be like, okay, let me be really proactive about this because I believe I'm going to get good quick. Yeah. So, uh, but if I believe that it's going to take years and years, then, yeah, I probably wouldn't be as proactive and then I probably wouldn't get very good. And then the obvious question to always tag onto it is, is that what you want? Which would obviously be, no. of course not. 
So now you've exposed it that if I carry on believing that, that's going to get me something that I don't want. And you already did it, but I would have then said to you, well, what would you, what would you want to believe that would give you the opposite to that? What would be a power, an empowering belief to help you get what you wanted? That you get good at what you work hard for. Simply. Yeah. And does that feel like it's a better choice than the first one? Yeah. So how much do you believe the first one now? Like a two. Okay, so it's down to a two. So then we could ask them, well, what makes it out of two? What makes you still believe it? What's, where's it hanging on? Um, maybe, well, because like, there's no, there's no, what if I don't work hard? Mm -hmm. So is there any reason why you wouldn't work hard? I, well, maybe maybe I'll be enthusiastic about it for a while, and then, and then less. Maybe. Hmm. So it could also be the opposite. Yeah. Yeah. What would make the difference between the two? Uh, between being consistent and not. Uh, discipline. Okay. And what does that look like to you then, discipline? How how would you experience discipline? Um, as uh, the ability to control impulses. Mm -hmm. And what kind of impulses? Uh, impulses to do what's more comfortable and enjoyable in that moment, maybe more pleasant, uh, or maybe easier. Uh, because you don't always feel like doing what you want to do long term. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes you, you're highly motivated and some days you're not. So discipline would look like whether you feel motivated or not, you control your behavior such that you do that anyway because you know that it's what you want to be doing. Yeah. Even if your emotions in, in that moments are telling you not to do it okay and has there ever been a time in the past when you've been highly motivated in that way uh where i've where i've uh controlled my behavior such that i did what i yeah yeah and how did you do that mm. how did i do it um I think I was just thinking of my goal. And so I was like, well, no, because I want to achieve this. So. so could you use that same strategy with this now? Yeah. And if you did do that, what would it get you? Then I, I, would, uh, I would be consistent, probably. Yeah, and if you were consistent, what would that get you? I'd probably make quite a lot of sales. And yeah, and if you made a lot of sales, what would that get you? Well, I'd feel good. Yeah. In I'm, I'm, I'd be doing a job well that I enjoy, and uh, I'd probably be making more money. Mm -hmm. 
I would uh, maybe get a promotion, maybe a raise. So. And how would that make you feel then if you were getting like a raise because you were doing so well? Yeah, it made me feel great, especially because it'd be getting a raise at a job that I, I really like, that I that is like aligned with, you know, it's not like getting a raise at like McDonald's. I'm just working there because I need money. It's like getting a raise at a job that I'm doing and I'm working in an industry that like I've kind of always wanted to work in. So yeah, yeah, I'd be kind of elated, I think. Elated? Yeah. <laughs> So what would happen now then if you believed that you could have that discipline in the way that you've done it in the past so you know you can do it and you believed like I, I'm going to end up like feeling elated because I'm really doing something that's like not only important to me but I'm giving value to other people. What would happen if you believed that? Yeah, I'd, I'd feel highly motivated and empowered. Yeah. I do feel that right now. Exactly. Because you just imagine that you went into it, you stepped into the character of the person who thinks like that, feels like that, and um, acts like that. Because you know you've done it in the past, you've played that character in the past. And basically, your subconscious just said, well, we've played that in the past, so there you go. Step into that character, and you stepped in, and you felt it, and it was like, wow. So what happens now when you think of that original belief that was saying like, well, you know, Maybe I won't be disciplined enough for. Yeah, I feel like it's much more in my control. And it's up to me to just. To just think of, yeah, like th there are things that I can do uh, knowing myself to give myself that motivation when maybe I need it. Exactly. And that would be like uh, clearly outlining my goals. Yeah thinking of those reviewing those regularly yeah which is a bit like what we went back to before isn't it of like always be asking yourself what's helping me in the here and now is this helping me to get what i want yeah it is oh we'll do more of this then is this helping me now yesterday it was helping me but today it's not really helping me anymore i'll let that go then be constantly sort of be aware of how it's resonating with you inside because you want to get like to the highest resonance that you can in that moment for as long as you can. And then when it stops resonating on that high frequency, just adjust and get it fine-tuned so it's resonating high again. And think of that feeling of elation and sort of start off with the feeling of elation in that process at the start. So you don't have to go through the process to get to the elation. Just imagine what it's like when you're at the end feel the elation and then use that to go through the process to get there you mean start start with the feeling of elation yeah and then go through the process of the sleight of mouth well go through the process of whatever the sleight of mouth or even like you know when you're going for the job when you go into your job feel that elation you know what i mean no you know I know that my mentality and my belief system and that's like supporting me. I'm feeling elated because I know that it's going to work that way. I've decided that's the definition I've given it. Because like we said before, life doesn't have any definition. You're the one who can give it the definition. And you've just given it a definition of I'm going through this process because in the end, I know I'm going to feel elated. So I'm going to start off with that feeling of elation, knowing that I'm going to feel it. 
And that's going to make it even more powerful. That's going to make me like, I'm going to be selling all over the place. Because I know I'm giving a quality product. It's something there, what you said. And that's the difference, you know, not like slagging off McDonald's or whatever. If that's your thing, then do that. But obviously for you, that's not really resonating, you know, but like doing this sales job, because we've spoke about it before, what it is and stuff like that. It obviously resonates with something deep down inside. So it's more like I want to give value, you know what I mean? I want to sell a valuable product to people and empower them. So it's not like it's just like, oh, you know, I just go and do some sales or whatever. No, I want to give value to the world. I want to sell these products because I believe in these products. Yeah. Okay, so I'm bringing it back again to the, the process because I think it'd be nice to clearly outline a process people can use for themselves, by themselves. So you've, you've outlined all your limiting beliefs um, for the ones that don't have the uh, continuation, you say because. Yeah. Like, I believe that I couldn't do this because. Because. And then you write down, well, because this and that. Yeah. And then you can use uh, different tools, like saying, uh, well, how do I know that that's true now? Yeah, definitely. And then the next one is, uh, what would that, what would it look, what would my life look like if that wasn't? What would happen? Oh, well, for the, for the one, uh, the first one. So you've got like, how would I know, uh, how, how do I know that it's true now? Mm. And then how would I know if it wasn't true? So you want to flip it to the other side. That way you're going to focus on what you do want instead of what you don't want. It brings you out the trance of like, this is the only, uh, reality kind of thing. Puts you in another reality in that sense. Okay. How, uh, how do I know that that's true now? How would I know that that wasn't true, that that's not true? And then the consequence, what would be the consequence? What would happen if I continue to believe this? Yeah. And then obviously you're going to get to the point where you think like, well, that's not what I want. So you ask yourself, well, is that what I want? No. What do I want? Mm -hmm. Suddenly you flipped it again. And then you could maybe, depending on what came up, you could ask, well, what would happen if I believed this now? And now you're, over, you're talking about the empowering belief and now you're going to create a reality for yourself. Because in the end, you don't know what's going to happen. You just don't know. But you can influence what's going to happen by having the right mentality and the right definitions in your computer because that's going to help you get what you want. And if you're focused in, we've said it so many times, it's like one of the very first like guidelines of hypnotic suggestion focus on what you want not on what you don't want so if you're focused on a limiting belief and i won't be able to do it because then that's focusing on what you don't want and you don't want that you want to be focusing on what you do want so first of all you want to expose that belief you want to create doubt and then you want to flip it and an easy way to flip it is also is just to ask well what do i want instead what's the opposite to this why do you want to focus on what you want because where attention goes, energy flows. So think of it like this. Think of it like you could go into a, let's say you go into a room and there's a big TV screen there and you could choose what you want to look at. So imagine you want to look at like a, a very empowering video. So you sit there for one hour and you just listen to empowering messages saying, you know, you can do anything you want. You can do it in the right way. Is the right way to do it. Or you go into the room and you watch an, a disempowering video just telling you you're a piece of shit. 
you fucking can't do anything. You're just worthless and that. How are you going to feel when you come out of that room after an hour? Fucking like really, really like down and that. How is that going to help you now? Because you're focusing on all those ideas that's gone into your hypnotic programming. Now all you're thinking is that kind of stuff. And you're looking through the, you're perceiving the world through the filters of like, you're a piece of shit, you can't do it, not that. Whereas if you watch the empowering one, you come out like sort of flying about high. You probably feel a bit high and that coming out going thinking, yeah, I could do anything. You know what I mean? Which mentality and which belief system is going to help you to get what you want more? It's obvious, isn't it? That's why it's so important. Because you're programming your computer literally, whatever you give your attention to, you're saying to that person or saying to that thing, whatever it is, TV, radio, podcast, whatever person, doesn't make any difference. You're saying to it, give me hypnotic suggestions. Program my biological computer with your information. It's like a thought or something, like if you have a football game or something, and you're thinking, like, oh, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to play well, or you're thinking, like, oh, I'm going to kill it, I'm going to play really well. And either in both situations, you're, you're hypnotizing yourself. Basically, well, the hypnotic program is always hypnotizing you all the time to believe certain things. Because you're like the screen of a TV and the hypnotic program is just like the picture on it. And so do your, do your beliefs basically determine what you... Because we're always like visualizing and picturing stuff throughout the day, whether consciously or not, right? Yeah. So... Do your beliefs determine what you're going to imagine? Well, they can have influence on it. Mm. So they're just one input that could be. So for instance, you know, if you go to a certain, let's say you go to a concert and it's, a, it's music that you love, that's going to influence you in a certain way to feel a certain way. Whereas if you go to another concert and you hate that music, that's going to influence you in a certain way as well. And that might de de depend on what kind of belief you've already got in there about the band or whatever. But maybe you haven't seen that band before. And in that sense, it might be more to do with the situation, the vibe that you're there. There's so many like inputs all at the same time that can influence how you feel and your experience of what's going on. And beliefs are a big one because they're in there all the time. <laughs> they're directly influencing you all the time. Mm. That's why it's so important, like, because where did they come from? They came from experience or they came from your, hypno your hypnotists, your mother and your father. They told you this is the truth and it just went right in because you've got no reference. It's only when you grow up later on that you start to think, oh, they don't really know what they're talking about. I thought they were like gods and they know everything. You know, and then you realize, oh, they're just people like me. <laughs> they don't know anything. Well, they know things, but some of it's bullshit and some of it's true. They're just doing the best with what they've got at the time. That's what it is. And that's so important to like sort of to realize this and start going into your garden and asking yourself, what kind of plants do I want growing in my garden? You know, how do I want my garden to be? Am I just going to like uh, not care and just let everyone else throw up junk in it and all that like and just and then complain that oh my garden's crappy and like my garden or are you going to take like some some action and like think oh you know my garden's full of weeds and all kinds of other people's crap that they've thrown in there it's time to do a bit of a clean out and throw all that crap out 
start making the ground fertile and sowing some like seeds that resonate with me and then watching them grow and be like, wow, look at that one. Wow, it's amazing. You want to be in your garden. You enjoy being in your garden because it's nice to be there. <laughs> That's what you want, isn't it? Okay. And so part the, the start of this process is sleight of mouth. What can be sleight of mouth? can be. It's one of many tools. Yeah. And sleight of mouth is used not to instill, not to program new beliefs, but to sort of uh, eliminate limiting beliefs well, well it could also be used to install some new ones as well but what you want to do first is just get it's like going into your garden and plant planting new plants while the weeds are still there yeah. take the weeds out first and then plant some new plants okay. and sleight of mouth can be used to, to plant the new ones because like what we did before first of all you ask like well how do i know that it's true now so that would be like pulling the weed out because you expose it. Well, I don't know if that's true now. Can't you? So you pull the weed out and then you flip it and you say, well, how would I know if it wasn't true? And now you're planting a new seed because you're focusing on what you do want now. Mm. The same with the consequence one. What's going to happen if I carry on to believe this? You're going to, uh, this and this is going to happen. Is that what I want? No, totally not. You're pulling the weed out. What do I want? Now you're planting a new seed in the place where the old one was. Okay. And so do that for a while. Uh, I don't know how long. Well, well, what I would suggest is get it in your hypnotic programming so it becomes automatic. Teach your subconscious to be able to do it and it will do it for you. Yeah. And after a while, it will look after your garden for you because you told it. This is what I want, subconscious. It's like a magical wizard. It's just there to serve you. You're the king or the queen, and it's there to serve you, and it can do magical things and that. So whatever you tell it to do, that's what it's going to do because it's there to serve you. So if you tell it, like, you know, I fucking hate myself and blah, 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 it's like, okay, well, that's what I'm going to give back to you now because it's like the mirror, like we said before. It's a magical wizard. It can create that reality for you. So even though you're saying, oh, I don't like myself or whatever, I hate myself and that. It's like, well, you're, you're my master in that sense. You know, I'm here to save you. I'm the magical wizard. I can make it happen for you. Tell me what you want. And you're telling it things like, you know, oh, I'm so crappy and everyone hates me and that. It's like, oh, you want me to create that reality for you? You're the boss. I'll do that for you now because I'm here to save you. That's why it's so important to tell it exactly what you want. Not in like detail, but be very, very clear about what's important to you and leave the detail to the subconscious, leave the detail to the wizard. It's like we, we've said this before, it's like a Rembrandt, you know what I mean? The painter of Rembrandt, if you ever see any of his pictures, what he's painted, amazing. So you're like a little child who can draw a little stick drawing of something. So let's say in your case, you draw a little stick drawing of you making loads of sales and making loads of people happy and you're feeling so empowered and everything and everyone's buzzing off all the stuff that you've sold them because it's like a really empowering stuff. So you give that little stick picture to like the, the subconscious and you say to the subconscious, there you go. This picture gives me this feeling inside. So what was the feeling that you got to in the end? What was it? Elation, did you say? So basically you said to the subconscious, listen, magical magician, I'm not like, like wizard, like this is, this picture gives me this feeling. 
So I'd like you to make a Rembrandt of this picture. And I'm going to stay in this frequency for you. So to help you do that. And as I stay in this frequency of elation and other feelings probably that go with it, then it will create a Rembrandt out of your very simple childlike picture and then bring it back to you and materialize it in your reality. So what it'll give you will be like probably a thousand times better than what you could imagine because you've only got the childlike a possibility to like it'll do a little stick picture and stuff but it has it's like the magical wizard it's going to come backwards like things where it's just going to blow your mind you just be like whoa i couldn't have even imagined that you know if i think of it from my own life like from from what i've done and that like i sort of sort of where i am now and then i'll speak from like the the sort the puppet where i am now I can imagine how it felt, but I could never imagine what it looked like. But I just gave that little stick picture to like my subconscious and said, this is what I want and this is how it makes me feel. And then I just let it go. And I just stayed in the frequency of like enjoyment and freedom or, or my highest highest state of values, uh, fulfillment, These those three. I just stayed in there and I just let it do it and then suddenly like I just realized whoa look what it's it's materialized for me so I live in Amsterdam and I'm doing my passion every day I still got my other job where I work behind the bar for like two days a week because of the techno parties and the drum and bass parties I could have given that job up years ago but it's too much fun there's no way I'm giving that job up because it's just way too much fun and I get paid for it as well the Rembrandt that my subconscious created for me, I could have never, ever imagined that, but I knew how it felt. So I just gave it that little childlike picture and said, this is what I want, this is how it feels. And my subconscious said, I'll get on that for you. And just created it like piece by piece by piece by piece. And then bam, suddenly one day I sort of realized and I think, whoa, I'm living the dream here, you know? And when you say you gave your subconscious the childlike drawing, what did what what did that look like? Would that be like when you're walking uh, on your way to the supermarket and you 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 choose to think of that, or was it like a, a formal practice, like every day before you went to bed or something? Or it was just basically a simple instruction from what I find important in my life. So I just said like well, the most important thing for me in my life is happiness, and I'm going to put that on number one, and that was my childlike drawing. And the subconscious said, I'll get right on that for you. So I didn't make it complicated or anything. And then all my actions were in line with that. So that's often what I say to people when they come to me and not like, and they want to be happy and stuff like that. I often ask them, well, on a scale of zero to 10, how important is your happiness to you right now? And anything like lower than a five, and I'll be like, well, there you go. You know what I mean? It's not even important to you. So how can you expect to be happy? And they'll put other things above it, which will be the hypnotic program and telling them that you should be doing these things, you know, which is making them feel unhappy. So all I did is I just said to my subconscious, listen, being happy because my highest value is enjoyment, which you could translate as happiness. So I said to my subconscious, look, this is my highest value, which it knows that anyway, obviously, because it knows everything about me. And I said to it, look, this is the most important to me. So every action I'm going to take now is going to be in line with this. And freedom would be another one, the second one. And then fulfillment is the third one. And I just said to it, look, these are the most important things to me. 
there's my little stick picture. This is how it makes me feel. I'll leave it over to you now. And it just created the reality what I now live in. Mm. And when you say you were giving your subconscious this uh, this uh, drawing, what I'm asking is, because for anyone listening, they might be like, oh, that sounds great. Okay, I'll start doing that. But I still don't understand how I start doing that. That like uh, for, for like a minute every day, do it three times a day. Well, I would say just do it all the time. Just limit, just like for me, for my childlike drawing is like just to ask yourself, well, what's the most important thing in life? Think of what that is and just do that all the time. And get out the way. Don't say I'm doing it because I'm going to like micromanage and make it all materialize in the way. No, just stay on that frequency. So I just like whatever that would be at that moment at that time. So for me, enjoyment like we've said before, I think on like the last one is like, just stay in that frequency of enjoyment all the time. Cause that's basically your childlike picture given to the subconscious saying, this is my simple picture. This is how it makes me feel. And at the moment it might be drinking a cup of tea at the, the next moment it might be riding on the bus and the next moment it might be by a concert or whatever. Just stay in that frequency all the time and make it very clear to yourself. If you ask yourself, what's the most important thing for me in life right here, right now? The answer is for me, happiness, enjoyment. That's my childlike picture. And just do that and then just live in, in line with that. So live, live in the feeling that what you want is already happening. Well, it's more like live in the feeling. And then it doesn't matter to me what's happening outside because that's where a lot of people go wrong. That's where they get in the way because what you want to do is you want to give it to the subconscious, but not tell the subconscious how to do it. You want to tell it directly what you want. I want happiness and then take away the want. I choose happiness. I am happiness today. I'm going to do everything I do today is going to be in line with what I choose to experience right here right now and just detach from the future completely as if the future doesn't exist you can go there with your intellect and like you know have a little play there and think oh this would be nice and i'd like this you know what i mean and again they'd be like little childlike drawings with a subconscious to sort of give it a sort of idea and you think oh that that feels nice you know but don't get stuck in that's better than here that's the trick that's where most people go wrong they think the not here and the not now is better than the here and now. And that's where you go wrong because that's when you're getting in the way. The magical wizard can't work like that because you're getting in the way. So the, the metaphor that I often give is like, imagine I want to renovate my house and I call a company up who's expert in renovation. And I say to them, listen, this is what I want. And I give them a very simple plan, very clear. And then they come round and they start working and there's like a painter, a plumber, whatever, all these people. And I go up to the painter and I'm like, are you sure you want to be using that brush? Because I think you should be using that brush and not like, are you sure you want to use that color? Oh, you should, are you sure you want to paint like that? You should, you should paint like this, right? And I'll go to the plumber and say like, oh, you know, are you sure you want to be putting that pipe in that way? Is that the right pipe for this time? They're like, get the fuck out of my way. You're getting in my way. You're micromanaging. We know what we're doing. Get out of our way. You gave us a very simple instruction. It was very clear. We agreed on it. And now you're just getting in the way all the time. I'm trying to work here. 
It's like going up to Rembrandt himself while he's making a painting, going, you sure you want to use that colour, Mr. Rembrandt? You know? You sure you want to paint it that way? Oh, maybe you should paint it the other way. Get the fuck out of my way. That's what you're doing when you, you, you go into the not here and the not now and thinking that that's better. Why? Because you're just getting in the way. Sorry? You're just getting in the way. But you're getting in the way by not appreciating the present. Exactly, because that's where the feeling is that you want. The happiness that you're looking, the happiness that the intellect's looking for in the not here and not now is right here, right now, all the time. The enjoyment that the intellect's looking for in the not here and not now is right here, right now. But not everyone feels happy or joyful. That's because they're too busy in the not here and the not now. So you're saying that as soon as someone like just commits to being present, they'll be happy and joyful? Well, I wouldn't say, like, I, I don't really like to use that word, present, because it's confusing to me, because as awareness, I am the presence. So to say that I'm not present is sort of, it, it's confusing to me. It's, there's nothing wrong with using that kind of terminology and that, because a lot of people use it, but I don't like to use that kind of word because it's just confusing to me. So how I would say it is, is that you just recognize that that happiness, that enjoyment, that freedom, that fulfillment, is right here, right now, all the time, because that's what you are on the deepest level. So when you start saying like, well, when those things happen in the future, then I'll be happy, then I'll be enjoying, then I'll feel fulfilled, then I'll be free. What you're basically doing is you're stopping the recognition by putting your attention away from the very place where those feelings already are. You're saying basically to your subconscious, I'm not going to feel those feelings until I get all those symbols. And that way you get in its way. Because your subconscious is like, well, you know you can have those feelings right here, right now, right? So you stay on that frequency and I'll create the rest for you. And that's where most people go wrong. They're too busy on the picture in the future because they think they're going to get those feelings when that happens, but it's not, it doesn't work like that. So how do you get yourself to recognize that and to feel that way in the present moment? Well, to make a choice that the most important thing for you is to feel the happiness, to feel the enjoyment, to feel the freedom, to feel the um, fulfillment. In my case, for you, it might be something different. You might have another set of, of words that you use to describe it. And remember as well, I'm using a set of associations and a set of words. So like I just said there before, I don't like to use the word presence because for me, it's confusing. But someone else might use that word and it's totally like it, it's very clear for them. And if that's the case, then use it because... You'll often hear when I explain things, I'll say it in a few different ways because I know that some people will listen to me and they won't resonate with my associations for things. So I'll try my best to, well, I'll do my best to give a few different ways of saying the same thing because in the end, we're just talking about associations and stuff like that. We're using labels to explain things that aren't labels. We're using it to explain experiences and stuff like that. Did that answer your question? I can't remember what the question was then. Yeah, I, I also got a little lost. Yeah. Uh, but uh, it's okay. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, but it, it, it's kind of like what you've said many times before that life is a mirror. So if you are, if you are sort of saying, I will be happy when, 
then you develop that habit, you're not saying I'm happy now. Exactly. So life won't reflect that to you. Exactly. That now. Exactly that. That's what are you saying to the mirror? I'm not happy now. What's it going to reflect back? I am happy. Exactly. When, as you say, I recognize that I could be happy now. And then I have really like, there's, there's like the being happiness and there's the feeling happiness. So like two different things. So like we've said before, one of the definitions of happiness is experience without resistance to what is or to what's happening at the moment. That's the recognition of your true being. But there's also an advisor from happiness. And that's like, a, you know, a nice feeling that comes and goes like that. So there's two different sort of ideas there of happiness of what it is. So you could create the advisor of happiness by doing things that you enjoy doing. Just do things that you enjoy doing. But the hypnotic programming will tell you, you can't do that because, and then it'll come with all things like you must do this and you have to do that and you should do this and stuff like that. And that's how you can recognize it when the hypnotic program's speaking, it, especially your intellect, it'll speak in should, must, have to. Whereas your heart will speak in may, can, could. It's always a choice from your heart. It's your choice. Doesn't live in the duality. Even to say it's a choice is not completely true because it doesn't live in that duality of like right and wrong. It just lives in the, in the reality for it as what's resonating with me at the moment. Is this one resonating more? Okay, this one's the one then, but doesn't make the other one wrong. Whereas the intellect tends to choose one and says the other one's wrong. And that's why it gets stuck in black and white thinking and stuff like that. Whereas your heart just resonates with something and feels like, oh, this is resonating more at the moment let's do this one. Oh, now this is resonating more let's do this one without making the other one wrong right so in order to uh, elicit the advisor of happiness you can just do things that you enjoy yeah and then you said the other part is being happiness yeah and that's going back to the simple recognition that you are the unconditional love, you are the awareness in which everything happens. And once you start recognizing that all the time, then it makes it even easier because if that advisor from happiness is there or not, or any other advisor, the, the advisor of uh, sadness, uh, the advisor of rejection, it doesn't make any difference to you anymore now because you recognize your true being on a deep level and that happiness doesn't come and go. It's there all the time. And you have to experience it as either inner peace or enjoyment.